Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Rachel Young, true crime goddess. Jessica Butcher, queen of fantasy. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time. They are three book girls. So I got a lobster main roll for lunch and tater tots, and I didn't have to sleep with anyone. (laughs) Didn't even have to get on my knees. Didn't have to Fifty Shades of Grey for that P card. Nope. There was no whips in that exchange. (laughs) See, I told you it was worth recording. You just never know when something's going to come out. Have I told you how much I love my new job? I mean, if you're getting free lobster rolls, then clearly. Now, I know you love your new job. What color did Rose say my aura was? It's back to that color again. It's like, it's mood ring blue. Blue, yeah. Mood ring blue. Yeah. That's what I am. My aura is probably complicated. Because that's the story of my life. Since I'm just at the bookstore. You know what we should have done? I should have done, um, done a tarot reading for our 200th. Mm. That would have been cool. I know someone who reads tarot. I do too. Who? You read tarot? I do. It's not like we're whipping out the Ouija board. You'll be okay. No, but still the tarot sometimes. Which I would love to do too. Yeah. Well, when I was in (laughs) New Orleans with my friend for like a girls weekend, I was like, if I'm going to go get like a psychic reading or a tarot card reading, it's going to be in the fucking French Quarter where the shit is real. Yes. And then I was like, but I'm terrified. I would have totally done. I would have gone with you because I love that kind of stuff. I'm so I was so scared. I was like, no, because like New Orleans has got their that shit on lock. And like, I don't want to know. That's my wackadoo skill. I read tarot. tarot. Yeah. You've read my tarot before. I have. I, don't I just crochet like a 65-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a wackadoo skill. That's a okay. That just means you have an old soul. That's a grandma skill. Because that's what I do. <laughs> well, when the world ends, y'all be glad we can knit and crochet because you're going to need some damn sweaters. Exactly. <laughs> when the world ends, somebody's going to have to We're going to need do blankets. what I do. We're going to find a CB radio. <laughs> which is gardening. Oh yeah, okay. You garden. That's why whenever the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm coming to your house so I can crochet us stuff to wear and sleep in and stuff like that. And you can grow the garden. And then we'll keep Ron around so that he can zo- shoot the he zombies. He knows how to fix everything. He um, can fix I everything. Mean, and until we, we run would out of have flour, perfect... he can make some damn good pizza for us. He, he, yeah. I'm, I'm and I'm sure you. that, he, you know what, if we run out of bullets, I'm sure he could fashion something but if somebody to was, make it as a bullet. But truthfully, guys, if we're going to have to sacrifice somebody, it would probably be me. Because no. I'm the weakest link. You're not. You I have am. to garden. No, Ron's the gardener. Listen, you're not leaving me here with your husband. <laughs> <laughs> we just awkwardly walk around each other. He'd go, he's making a sound. I'd be, oh, what it is. <laughs> and that would be the only thing we'd say for years. Like have you guys seen the Batman versus Superman parody? No. Yes. <laughs> Where he's like, he's like, I want to team up. And Superman's like, Batman, I want to team up. And he was like, Why? I literally have no special skills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batman. I am. So that's what I'm Superman. That he makes like, sense. <laughs> no, Ron is Superman. Like, but I'm the one that just said I wanted to team up. That's true. That's true. That's true. You don't did. take away my superpowers. <laughs> I don't really have any superpowers. Your intelligence alone. I, yeah. I, I talk and I read and I... Uh, you could probably figure out how to use a CB radio. I can't help to repopulate the world because I have no uterus anymore. So I'm not useful for that. Um, Is that why I'm useful? <laughs> yes. I mean, Jessica's the breeder. We got to have her. We have to have a breeder. Now it turned into... You, um, Megan's the breeder. I would say it's apparently just Jessica. <laughs> no. Now this turned into the handmaiden uh, here. We need breeders in our little circle. No, I was I mean, getting to if, you. If we can ha- can I was looking at her first because she was laughing. That's true. That's Jessica true. and Megan are the breeders. And I guess what, we're just around to watch them as they pop out kids? Quarantine with my nieces. No kids. What are you eating, Rachel? Just a little thing of mac and cheese. That's what nice. I thought. I knew it was mac and cheese. I could hear the stirring. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> my phone. Haven't you ever heard us talk about stirring mac and cheese? Okay. Oh, I know. All about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had my own conversations about this. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to come the end of July for the live event, if Woo! it's even happening. Yay! Part-time. You can stay at my place. Maybe she wants to stay in a hotel so you don't knock on the door. You guys got mac and cheese in there? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You're not supposed to eat in the bedroom. <laughs> I can hear you stirring mac and cheese. No hot plates allowed. (laughs) Oh, man. God, we've got to have that live event, you guys. I'm going. I really insane. feel like I really feel like we're going to. Oh, it's just freaking me out. Corona, man. be damned. I feel like if everyone wears a mask, we but stay. Will our, they? But will they? I think our people will. Our people will. But those fuckers, man, they're ruining it for everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas is hosed right now. Yeah, don't be bringing that shit up here. It's not you, though. It's <laughs> Dallas and uh, Shona was saying that... Uh, Houston? She's really... Not, both Shonas. Oh, both Shonas. Both Shonas, because oh. the other... Well, she, uh, Shona G's still down in Florida, but she'll be back in Dallas by then. So she's just going from hotspot to hotspot, exactly. basically. Yeah. We're going to have to put her in a bubble when she comes up. Yeah. Next. She's going to have the full protection. So I don't gear. know. I mean, I know both of them would like to come, but I don't know what we're going to be... I don't know, but it's our 200th episode. Oh, my God. Woo-hoo. 200. I almost said 2,000. I think. I, <laughs> you need like a I think nap I've been drinking a beer. Okay, so let's have a Let's go back in time a little bit. Okay. Let's go back, back, back in time. Hop to, in your TARDIS to, to the back. very first episode. Sounds like she's trying to like hypnotize us or something. Yes. Yeah. Breathe in, breathe in and, and breathe, breathe out. Focus only on my sound of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so the very first episode, it was me and Ronnie and Nicole in the studio. And when we did the episode, I worked on editing for probably four hours, cutting every breath and every, and it was the most awful episode you have ever heard in your life. It was terrible. We couldn't even use it. No, that was only for our ears. And I did that six times before we put up our first episode. <laughs> yeah, we needed that's, some practice. That's some. De- well, yeah, it's, it's a learning curve. Well, I mean, also, you have to remember that the only one that's used to talking like you know public speaking or anything was is me. martha yeah because yeah. and even though else, nicole worked at the radio station she worked in she worked behind the scenes yeah like what like public relations is that yeah. what you kind of call it mm-hmm. yeah so and sh- shit i i don't i worked in accounting office so a lot of that was just getting people comfortable because yeah you know and especially me when i started i like had a script and i was like and i like this book because Yada yada yada. yada. Wait, and, I lost um, my place. Um, and my, um, um, and well, you know what's funny? Um, the first time I came on, that's why I started my reading journal, and it, now it's just fun to track. But I was like, I gotta write shit down about these books because when I go to review them, I'm not gonna fucking remember. And that's why I started like my book around the first time I brought it. I had it like sitting there, and I was like reading it as I said it because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to screw it up. There are yeah. so many people who've come on the show that have done that, and I'll sit there and go, "You don't need your notes." Yeah, but you have to remember, too, especially yeah. like for me, when I sat down to start reviewing a, bo- a book, I would go blank, completely yep. blank. I'm like, and this was called yada yada, and it was really good. You should read it. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I did that a bunch of times. Some of mine were so, so bad in the beginning. Whew. Did I have notes? I think you I feel like of have, all of us, yeah. you probably had notes. I think you did. Jessica, but, when yes. you very first started, you were shaky. You, you were very yeah. shaky. Your voice was so very shaky. shaky. We've gone through a lot of guests. We've gone through a big cast of characters over the years. It's sort of like, this is like an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. People come and go based on what's going on in their lives and what projects they have going on. We're just growing and changing all the time. I don't know, but if you guys hadn't been at the Oklahoma Book Fest... Then we would never I would have never met. Have crossed ne- paths. Is was, that where we met you? Yep. Yeah. She came up to our our uh, booth at the Oklahoma Book Festival. Was you, I there? You were. You guys were crocheting. Oh, see how much I pay attention. <laughs> There's a picture of you, <laughs> of all of us, because I took a selfie. 
Ah, of all okay. of us. Yep. And we yep. met we're making bookmarks. Rachel. Yes. We were, I remember. Yep. And yep. we met Rachel. Um, Facebook stalked you. You Facebook stalked <laughs> me. You came to um, the bookstore and we met mm-hmm. you at the bookstore. That's right. Yeah. I have pictures of we that. We met you and Tom at the bookstore that time. And I still remember we sat down and one of the first things Martha asked me, she says, do you have a cold? Because no. Rachel has such a deep voice. It's one of the things about you that I find so fascinating because I've always wanted that deep voice because I work on the radio. I'm very jealous of your voice, Rachel. I said, I just thought I had stuff running out of my nose or something. <laughs> no. I have something on my face. <laughs> You have a big radio voice in your pocket. Thank you. But I remember the first uh, show I was on. I was really, really nervous. I'd never done notes, though. I figure I'll just wing it. If it sounds if it sounds stupid, Martha will just edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cool how many different... I mean, we've had some authors come on the show. Of course, our show's not really made for that. It's more about regular book girls and guys from all over and one of the things that makes this year different from what you said and guys and i was like oh god justin uh let's not forget <laughs> justin we miss him well we've god. also had your dad on we've, we've had, had guys dad. on uh, we had josh. We, we had josh. josh we had um my friend jim was on the show yes the josh was there. steve martin lookalike we had a few over the years not a lot of guys but a few and now in the age of Zoom, I think we're going to be able to do that more often. Mm-hmm. The authors? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because well, now we have the capability to do that more effectively now that we have this new tool that I didn't know anything about before all this COVID bullshit came down. Well, we've so, also talked about doing more author interviews and just putting them on our website, too. Right. Because we do have some on our website. Yes, we do. We, we have a few that we did at the Oklahoma Book Festival. Right. But now that we've got the Zoom, and speaking of the Zoom, another new thing has happened, and that is our Friday night call. And that came about because Megan suggested the Zoom. Because I was home lonely on a Friday night when quarantine started, and I was like, get y'all asses on here, let's talk. So then we all started connecting with, with people from our book tribe, which is our super secret private group on Facebook, which you can be a member of just by asking. Yep, three book girls. So it's book not tribe. very super secret. Well, no, but it is private though, so the riffraff stays out of it. The the fake accounts. Yeah, the riffraff need not apply. That's right. We don't want a freaking riffraff in there, up in here. Oh, and for those who are on the Zoom call, we're tra- we're time traveling. By the way, this is a time travel yes. podcast because. We are recording this and not July on the same day as episode 198 because this episode will air while I'm in Minnesota. We when we were trying to figure out, oh, we we're all excited about our 200th episode, and then when we counted it down, we figured out, guess what? Martha's not even gonna be here <laughs> on the 200th episode. So, so if we say anything that doesn't fit in with anything else, you'll know it's it's time travel. Yes. It's been a journey. It's been a journey that, that has been so very fun. And I can't wait to meet more book girls from around the world and have them be on the show. Because I think that's my favorite part so far is meeting people that we have so much in common with that we've never met in person before. And it's just, it's like it opens up a whole new world. To be able to make connections with people you have so much in common with. When you read as much as we do, we got to stick together. That's what I'm saying. Hell yeah. Here we are on, on episode 200 and we've, we we're quarantined-ish. So we have two book girls on Zoom and three in the room. Socially distanced, of course. Very- There's going to be no kissing on the mouth for at least two weeks. Right. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How did no you know that? The mouth. How did you know that's what I was going to give you for your 200th episode? Damn it! There was a sparkle in your eye. You and I stayed 
home to Juliet. So. <laughs> you guys didn't want to kiss me on the mouth? Don't you love me? Not when COVID is going on. <laughs> Damn it, Rachel. No. She'll stir the macaroni, but no kissing on the mouth. <laughs> No, it is never going away, no. and it's all Justin's fault. I think somebody hacked Google the other day. And speaking of which, when I went to get our lovely pastries, it took me through Nichols Hills again. A different way, I saw new mansions. Mm. Really? Good old Nichols Hills. My ways is just thinking I'm way more richer than what I am. <laughs> way more richer? Excuse me? <laughs> way richer. Thank you. There you go. See, I'm yes. so poor I can't even say it right. <laughs> You've got Marcia to autocorrect you. It's all good. Yeah. yeah, you can never get away with that shit around me. I'm always going to. I do it to my co- my coworker all the time. It drives people she crazy. She now auto corrects you know herself, what? though. It, like, she says it, and then she goes, I mean, and she says it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think it's fair to not correct people if they're if they're saying something wrong i mean that way they won't embarrass themselves later it's it's a service i provide thank you what would we do without your expertise i knew you'd love that <laughs> well i just i just blame the fact that my that's what your kid. superpower is in the zombie apocalypse oh, yeah i can correct people's grammar you can tell us what the fuck we're doing wrong yes i grammar can. or otherwise because <laughs> i'm sure, sure the zombies are going to care if we use your or your with the apostrophe and i'm sure the zombies will will care if everybody's late oh <laughs> You can kiss my fat white ass. Uh, can we change the topic? Hey, yeah, what's up, Jessica? Here's the secret. I've done this a lot, of, um, you know, a few times on Zoom now. Just let them go. It's entertaining. I mean, <laughs> pop some popcorn. It's all good. Start taking side bets. You guys can text to each other on, on the other thing. You can take some side bets since I can't read it from here anyway. <laughs> How many more grammar corrections before Bonnie swings on Martha? <laughs> She's almost close enough to hit me, so yeah. I could hit you with my coffee. Yeah, she could lunge. Saying. She could. She could lunge. I have more cookies in here. Don't make me mad enough to throw these. Okay, I'll just try to. You guys, what? The weirdest thing happened at the bookstore. Oh, do tell. What? What? When tipping your barista, money good. Money is Underwear. good. Oh, excuse me. Bad. <laughs> Somebody tried to tip what? you with their underwear? No. One of my coworkers got tipped with like a new pair of American Eagle underwear. American Eagle? Even the expensive Those are expensive. Ones. Wait, but why? Seriously? Like, what's the story behind that? He came up and ordered like a coffee. So my coworker made it for him, who's a guy, and um, made it for him and gave it to him. And he was like, oh, I don't have anything to tip you with. Wait, I got you, man. Like, reaches in his satchel. Satchel. Here's the question: What kind of underwear were they? Were they bikini underwear? Were or are we talking about underwear? boxer briefs? They're boxer briefs. Boxer yeah. briefs are With expensive. Like those are nice. Those are nice underwear, though. <laughs> My question is: Did he ask him what size he needed first? No, he just like pulled out underwear out of his bag and gave them to him. And he's my coworker who's like, he's like, yeah, man. I don't wear underwear because he doesn't. <laughs> and he was just like, okay, well, see ya. <laughs> what an exchange to get coffee. God, I, I feel like now I have the urge to just like mess with Jessica at work and just start like handing her random pieces of clothing when That's I go into great the bookstore. Idea. <laughs> Next time we go to full circle, let's tip Jessica in the most embarrassing ways possible. We could go and see what's on clearance at Victoria's Secret. Grab us some $1 thongs. Yeah. <laughs> there you, you just go. Saw- $1 We're going to make it rain, but not with $1 bills. Like all of a sudden there's going to be this new show. It's like, what weird shit can you do to your local booksellers? Yeah, Ashton Kusher's going to like hop out from behind the shelf. I would have liked to hear the story. His, his take on the underwear tip. Maybe he bought them and accidentally bought the wrong size and didn't want to return them. That's and possible. thought, gee, maybe this guy could use them. I see he's not wearing any. Why would he know he doesn't have underwear on? He was looking for panty lines. In the bookstore one day, he saw your coworker bend over and was like, that young man doesn't have any underwear See? It could have been a kindness. 
maybe it's like that episode of Friends since we're already in, you know, he could see the mouse in the house and he thought, boxer briefs for this dude. I have not enough words. I think we should probably transition to Happy 200th episode <laughs> about books instead of a mouse in the house. You want another Whoa, chocolate mouse, Megan? Underwear. No, I don't want another chocolate oh mouse. Oh my god! And that's gonna do it for. <laughs> that's the Wait, 200th we, episode. We gotta get to the books. I mean, I guess I guess we could get to the books. All right. Well, what you got? I read nothing that had to do with mice <laughs> or <laughs> Good. underwear. Good. <laughs> but does it have to do with war? Actually, no. no but war. it is a historical fiction. It's a Canadian historical fiction. Ooh. For our Canadian listeners. Yay, yay, yay. Sarah's going to love it. Hmm? I don't know if she's a historical fiction lover, but. I'm still talking about her country. That's true. Good. true. True. Even though it's not exactly a great story about the country. But we all have our skeletons in the closet. Right. This is called The Home for Unwanted Girls by Joanne Goodman. It's very heart-wrenching. Just FYI. Martha will never read it. Nope. (laughs) And um, this takes place in Quebec in 1950. And there's a lot of tension between the French and the English. Because right now, you know, there's... Half of the population is French, half of it's English, and both of them think that they're not great people. And this, the family that is the main characters in the book, the wife is actually French, and the husband is English. And it's almost like he tries to act more sophisticated. He owns a store, which is a gardening store, a seed store, for the local farmers and gardeners and whatnot and they call him the seed man and um i can't remember how many kids they have but the story is mainly about their daughter maggie who works at the feed store and she kind of has a thing for the son of the family that live like next door who happens to be french And, of course, you know, Daddy doesn't like it because he's French and tells her that she can't marry a French man. She needs to stay with an English man, yada, yada, so on and so forth. Um, But, of course, she doesn't listen. And so they send her away to live with an aunt and uncle to kind of help them around the house. The aunt is morbidly obese and is not able to do a lot of the house cleaning or help with the farm or anything else. So he sends them out there or sends her out there to help him. Well, while she is out at the and uncle's house, she finds out that she's pregnant and she's 15, which in 1950, that's not really a great thing <laughs> at all. Slightly problematic. Yeah. So convenience she's already there. You know, since they would send you away to your relatives if you were pregnant. Right. But, I mean, it, it was not planned that way. Yeah. And there's also a few things that happen at the aunt's and uncle's house that I really don't want to get into because it's going to give away too much of the story. But anyway, she ends up pregnant. And her m- mom and dad um, make her give the baby away. And um, because they say that she can't. I mean, she's not going to throw her life down the, down the tubes because she's pregnant at 15. And, um, so she really doesn't have much choice in the matter. It's basically, if you keep this baby, you are on your own and we will not help you at all. Or you have to give your baby to the orphanage and you can stay living at home is basically her choice. So, And she gives her baby up to the orphanage. And the story kind of changes format a little bit because it's told halfway through the eyes of her her daughter who's been given away. And halfway and then between Maggie as she's growing up after this event happens in her life. Mm -hmm. And so you find out that the daughter never gets adopted. 
and she stays in the orphanage. And a couple of years after she gives her up, I can't remember how old she was when this happens. I want to say she's like four or so old enough to to know that it's happening, but not really old enough to do very much about it. But they changed the laws in Canada where you get more money from the government if you're a mental patient. If you're mentally ill, you get more money than if you're just an orphan. So what they do is they hire a doctor to misdiagnose all of these orphans. And I looked this up and this is something that actually happened to misdiagnose all of these orphans and change the building from being an orphanage to being a mental hospital. Oh, man. Right. So that's that's deep and dark and twisty. Tragic. 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 Yeah. Because then instead of being children who are getting an education and are treated like children, they're treated like mental patients. And they're drugged every night so that they can sleep. And like there's no regulations, there's no school, nothing. And of course, you know, she, you know, suffers from abuse from the nuns and, you know, the, and, and all this other stuff. And, and it's just, it's, it's a very sad situation. And then you find out on Maggie's side that she's never really gotten over having to give up this child at 15 she's never forgotten about her child when she does end up getting married married she has problems trying to conceive she keeps having miscarriages and she thinks that it's god's way of punishing her for giving up this baby so i mean she's almost suffering from depression almost because of this event so she decides that she's going to start kind of checking around, writing some letters and seeing if she can find what happened to her daughter. See if she got adopted or or what. And of course, she just, you know, keeps hitting dead ends and everything else. And every time she hits a dead end, instead of being disappointed and giving up on the search, it almost just makes her try harder. So, yeah. It sounds really good. It sounds like quite the journey. It does. Sound it is. Good. It is a journey, and it's. I, I. I mean, it's sad. It's super sad. There's a lot of bad things that happen in it. Well, and to know that it's that it actually happened to people, I think, makes it that much more like right upsetting. Right. That this yeah. this actually that they did, mm-hmm. and they talk about in the book when they changed the laws back, mm. and you know because you can't misdiagnose orphans as mental patients just because you get more money right so of course you know there's dirty politicians involved and all of this other stuff trying to you know make money off of these children who are just suffering because of these laws yeah wow and then they're exposed things change and it talks about what happens to the orphans once the laws change and this is one of those books that i actually stopped halfway between reading it and looked up the history of these laws to see if what actually happened i mean it didn't give away anything in the story but yeah and and this crap really happened it's it's super sad and horrible it was one of those books that sticks with you so it was a a good one to read again that was called the home for unwanted girls by Joanna Goodman. And I liked it. I mean, I would give it five stars. You know how I like my heart-wrenching books? Yeah, you gotta be, they gotta be super depressing to get five stars. Well, the one that so I reviewed sad. before would probably be five stars. <laughs> awesome, awesome. See how fast I can bring the room down? You can. I'm gonna bring it back up when we get around to me. Jessica, is it you or Rachel that has a, a more upbeat book? I've got fantasy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's going to have to default to Jessica. Okay, all right. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Glad I'm not the only one. Okay, Jessica. Yes. Bring us to fantasy land. Okay, so I just finished a, a trilogy by Melissa Caruso, and the first book is called The Tethered Mage. Mm. It's a high fantasy, and it's... I loved I loved all of it. <laughs> I don't even know how to, like, explain... Just give us the broad strokes. Yeah. So in this world, um, 
there is Rivera, which is the capital of the Serene Empire. And they have a few like other countries that are part of the empire with them. And then to the north are the Witch Lords. And so in Rivera, there are the mage marked, and you can tell that they're mages because they have like this colored ring in their irises. That's how you tell that they're mage marked. And they're immediately conscripted into the Falcons, which are, um, it's like the military for the Serene Empire. And so mages are assigned a falconer and put, they get a Jess put on their wrist. Did you say that, a dress on their wrist? Jess. A Jess, like an actual falcon and a falconer. Oh, okay. Sorry. Like a J-E-S. Okay. And uh, that allows their falconer to turn, like they can steal or release their powers, basically. Which isn't a big deal when you have mages that are like alchemists or artificers but it's a bigger deal when you have like vivimancers who control living things so mm-hmm. they can control some of them control plants some of them control animals some can control people and that sounds uh, like it leads to trouble yeah it does later <laughs> <laughs> and then warlocks so you have like um warlocks are the most rare so you've got storms that create storms <laughs> and uh no really only- that's original. What? Yeah, and then you have a fire warlock. There's only one fire warlock, like in the whole world, because warlocks are really rare. And let me guess, he's evil. No, she's she's one of the main characters. Oh, oh she! Awesome. I like I it. I love it. Yeah. Um. So Rivera is ruled by the Council of Nine and the Doge, who's kind of like the president, sort of. And the main character, her name is Amalia Cornaro, and she is the heir to one of the council of nine and like half of the council of nine seats are inherited and half are voted in so she's like the heir and at the first book she doesn't want to be an heir <laughs> she she wants to read books about artifice devices she wants to go to school in ardents she doesn't really care to be groomed to be this big military leader that has to do all these backdoor things to fight against the witch lords and it opens with her going behind her mom's back and going to one of the darker parts of the city to find this really ancient book uh, about artifice. And when she's leaving, this fire warlock loses control mm. in the city. I thought you said there and was only just the one and it was a girl. Yeah, she's the only one. <laughs> she's the only one. And she wasn't conscripted into the Falcons. She's like 18. She's escaped the system this whole time. Wow. And she loses control because she gets into this fight. And that's the thing about warlocks in this world. They, they're the ones that really need falconers because once their powers start and they start taking lives, like the fire takes a life or the storm takes a life, they kind of get a life of their own uh-huh. and the warlock loses control. Mm. Um, and there's a falconer and he's like, I already have, and only you can only have one falcon per falconer. And he hands her a Jess, and he thinks she's just a citizen. And he's like, I need you to do this, otherwise she's going to burn the whole city down. And so she puts a Jess on this falcon, and it unleashes holy hell, because there's so many rules against members of the Council of Nine and their families becoming falconers, because you can't have that much power. But the Jess that she puts on this falcon because the balefire melts so they can't take her Jess off oh without dear shit. and so they're stuck together and it's kind of this rich kind of brat i mean amalia's not really a brat but that's kind of how zaira the fire warlock views her and it's kind of about how they end up working together to because hmm. there's like the witch lords one of their their sons is stirring unrest within Rivera and they kind of have to go stop him to stop an all-out war and so they do they have to like get over their differences from being like from completely different classes and they end up becoming friends and it's and I love the fact that you get two women main characters in high fantasy which is pretty rare oh and that's what I loved about this book so uh, Zaire is actually gay. She has a girlfriend. Oh, and then like even better. These, the other, yeah, 
there's another warlock in it, uh, Jareth and Balos, and they're a male couple. They're Falcon and Falconer, and they're married. And they're really cool. And it even has, like, an androgynous character at one point whose pronoun is they. And he's, like, this expert swordsman. He's really, really cool. He comes in, like, one of the later books. But, uh, and I think the thing that I liked about their characters the most was sometimes in fantasy when you incorporate gay, lesbian, LGBTQ-type characters, they end up kind of being tokens. And in this series, they weren't. Like, they were just... They were main characters, they were normal characters, there wasn't ever that, like, being LGBTQ plus wasn't their identity, and I really liked that. Yes. So it was really, really cool. I liked it a lot. I won't tell you a whole lot about the plot, because there's so much that happens, and it's amazing, and it's Amalia kind of learning that she has been given this privilege, and she can use it to make life better for the Falcons, because they're conscripted at, like, as soon as their mage mark shows up, there are falcons that are part of the military at three years old. Holy crap. And so she kind of takes on the mantle of I'm going to be their savior also, hmm. while also saving the world from witch lords. So it's really, really cool. So she's very busy. Sounds yeah, like it. <laughs> but yeah, she's really cool. She's really bookish. I also like that about her. Zaire is super sarcastic and... I think I'm going to have to read that, Jessica. It totally sounds like something I would love. You would love it. It's It was really good. There's a little romance in it, but it's like she ends up kind of liking someone who's not in her class because she's kind of expected to marry for political gain, and she has to decide mm. whether or not she's going to use her marriage for political gain or go after her heart. And I think you'll be surprised by what she actually picks. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All righty then. Give us the uh, title and artist of that bad boy again. The first one. So the first one is called The Tethered Mage by Melissa Caruso. And if you like the first one, then you can go on to read the others. Sweet. I loved it. Garrett actually loved it too because we listened to the audio coming back from Colorado on the first one. Sweet. Who's going to go next? Rachel? Rachel, what serial killer are we learning about today? (laughs) Thankfully, this one is made up, but um, so the book I read this week is called Famished by Megan O'Flynn, and this is a first book in a series. I don't know how many are in it, um, but the series is called the Ash Park series um, because it's set in Ash Park, Michigan, which is, I think, kind of a suburb of Detroit, and um, I think the best way to like give a little synopsis is to kind of is I have one right here to give that and then interject sort of what I think, because if I start talking too much, I'm going to give way too much away because there, everything is so interconnected in the book. So um, just kind of a brief cover synopsis. It says, starvation takes many forms. Ash Park, a rundown suburb of Detroit, might not be the most idyllic place to live, but for Hannah Montgomery, it's safe. At least it feels that way until a serial killer starts dicing up women from the shelter where she volunteers. So that starts to happen. Her boyfriend is then murdered in the same way. And when they say dicing up... um, They literally... Dicing. More so disemboweling. Like, and yeah. So pretty bloody. Um, And what what they allude to is that something awful has happened in Hannah's past, but you don't really know what. Um, But essentially, the person who caused and or was involved in that, she has run from but they are now they have now found her and the reason that she knows that she has been found is because all of these people start dying Mm. and again her boyfriend is is one and that's that's told right off in in the synopsis the other thing too is um one of the main detectives in this um he's a completely like damaged character 
um, and you find out like in the first couple pages, his little girl, she was a teenager, she was murdered. Um, and when she was found, it was a pretty, a pretty horrific scene. Um, and um, so he's working this case and the first time he meets Hannah, um, he looks just like what his daughter would have looked like as an adult. I mean, he sees her and immediately he has to remind her himself, okay, this isn't her, this isn't her. Um, but he feels sort of a, a protection over her a little bit with things. But I did read on some reviews, people didn't like it because they thought it jumped around too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it do, Each chapter kind of jumps around. Sometimes even within a chapter, it splits from one person to another and different time frames. But now on audio, yeah, I think it would be confusing, but reading the actual book, it wasn't confusing at all to me. And I really liked it because at some point, every freaking buddy in this book was a like a suspect. I'm like, oh no, they did it. And I'm like, wait, no, they did it. Oh no. <laughs> it sounds like the kind of book I would like because I always hate it when I figure out who the killer is before the book is over. Yeah. And at some point you like everybody sort of, and at some point you hate everybody. Some you hate more than others, but it, it really just, the thing that a lot of people hated about it, I liked about it. I liked the continuous different perspective because what you start to realize again is everything doesn't seem to have a connection, but everything's connected and yeah. But I don't want to say too much because I think even little things would give things away. So hmm. that sounds really good. Yeah. Well, and I thought, um, especially like, from a girl, Allison, who I know she loves these types of books and everything. Um, we've communicated a little bit. I think she would definitely love it. Um, but basically, if, if you love gore, um, it's def- it definitely does have some trigger warnings with like murder and sex and different stuff like that. So if that's hard, um, you know, maybe it's not your book. But, uh, but I really liked it. Um, and again, that was famished by megan o'flynn so awesome awesome sounds like a good bloody summer beach read <laughs> well you kind of like damaged like detective characters i do and- yeah, yes. you do. yeah you do yeah. cuckoo's yeah. calling yep. he was the best detective ever he was i loved him well i'm gonna bring the room back up a little bit yay <laughs> yay me and megan just like let's type this <laughs> i mean i'm all down for a great serial killer story anytime but I stepped out of my bookish comfort zone and I read a romance. What? I know. Uh, it's a Reese pick because um, the, the Ravenclaw Harry Potter group has their own reading challenge and one of the challenges was to read a uh, celebrity book pick book. Oh. So She's was, a good one. Yeah. So I was like, I am down for this one. Um, and I liked the cover. And that's really what drew my eye to it, because mine doesn't have the Reese sticker on it, so I didn't know it was a Reese book until after the fact. Ah, okay. Um, So this is One Day in December by Josie Silver, and we meet our main girl, Lori. Um, It's like right before Christmas, and the book takes place in London, and she is on on the bus on the way home, and like it's christmas break time like they're fresh out of college but they're she's probably taking vacation or something i don't know she's going to her parents house soon she's on the bus kind of just like dreading the holiday she has like tinsel in her hair from a party or something and the bus stops and she sees a guy sitting at the bus stop and like he sees her and they she's like i feel like we had a moment and like i should have gotten off the bus and like she felt like he was getting up from the bus stop to like come to her and then the bus pulls away (gasps) i know it had so that was so then she goes home tells her best friend she's like oh my god i had this like love at first sight moment martha's trying not to die (laughs) um it looks like she's gonna vomit i know it it gets less like hallmarky my cup is empty do you need to vomit (laughs) (laughs) um so she goes home has of course tells her roommate best friend like oh my god i saw this guy on the bus and like is describing him and so then they spend the whole next year like looking for him in every pub in london and every like coffee shop like everywhere they go she's like is that him is that him is that him they're trying to find him so then she kind of starts to give up she's like i'm never gonna find this guy again no big deal 
So then they have, it's the next Christmas, and they're having a, like everybody, all their friends to their um, flat for a Christmas party, and her roommate has a new boyfriend. Oh, and they, no. And they haven't met the friend, and, or the <gasps> first, our, our Lori girl. So she's like, you gotta meet my new boyfriend. So then in walks new boyfriend. And he's the guy. Of it's course. the guy from the bus. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, it's Jack. His name is Jack. So best friend has inadvertently found him without realizing it. And then, of course, our, our girl Lori is like, well, she found him because, like, for the past year, we've been only talking about what this guy looks like. And, like, she's been looking for him and didn't realize she found him. And neither Jack nor Lori admit to each other or to her best friend that he's the guy from the bus. Hmm. So they're just acting like, because they both like know. Like everything's normal. Yeah. They both know that they're the ones from the bus, but they don't talk to each other about it. They don't talk to her about it. They're like, we're just going to act like this is no big deal. Cause like it's her best friend. She doesn't want to be like, Hey, you found your boyfriend because I put his image, that face in your head for like a year. So she knew about the guy in the bus, Yes, but she didn't put two and two together that that was the guy. Right. Exactly. Wow. And what I like about this book that made it feel less hallmarky to me is that it actually spans the life of these characters for like 10 years. You know, you like watch like romance movies or I haven't read a lot of romance books, but I always feel like it's like they're quick. It's like, here's your mute cute. Here's your why you can't be together. And like five minutes later, then they're together. Whereas this one kind of was like, okay, there's this, this, you know, the conflict of she's with his, her best, he's with her best friend and they're just kind of going about their lives. Like they become a really great like group of friends and hanging out all the time. And there's not a lot of weirdness happening and they go through like trauma things like her um, I don't want to give it too much away, but like lots of things happen in their everyday lives. So after some traumatic things, our main girl, Lori decides she's going to go and like go to the Philippines or I can't remember exactly where they went somewhere for like a retreat to like reset and ignore the world. And she meets like this charming, hot guy that's also on vacation there and they fall in love and she's like this is perfect i found the love of my life i don't have to worry about jack jack's over here with my bff like all is good of course all is not good after a while because it's a romance (laughs) and i feel like you can't really give spoilers in romance because you know what's going to happen at the end um but yeah she she gets married to the guy from the from the vacation And there's just a lot of drama that goes on kind of with that relationship. Jack ends up breaking up with the roommate. He moves to like Edinburgh. He goes up to Scotland. And so you're like, how in the hell are these two going to get this shit figured out? Mm -hmm. And it it was just kind of fun for me because it did span so many years. Like at the top of the each chapter, it would say like, Chris, like December 13th, and it would tell you the year. So you were realizing you were jumping in time. So was it all, did all of the chapters, did all of it take place in December, just different years? No, they were. Was it like a monthly update every year? I was going to say, Christ, please don't let this be another freaking holiday movie. No. I actually thought that was a cute idea. It would be a fantastic (gasps) movie. I am here for it. (laughs) No, like it was kind of like they did stuff in the summer. Like it just kind of chronicled. And it wasn't uh, like each month had its own like thing for 10 years. It'd be like, oh, we're in, you know, 2000. Oh, now we're in 2003. Like it would kind of just. It kind of jumped a little. Yeah. It would just yeah. progress kind of with whatever was happening. Because let's face it, not something exciting happens every year of your life. Exactly. So it'd be yeah. like, oh, we just jumped a couple years. But that's what I actually liked about it was that it didn't feel drawn out. And then you yeah. like, you finally get to the point where like, okay, like they've got to get together. Like this is the moment we're 20 pages from the end. And it was just kind of a really cool, like, coming together of them being able to be like, okay, like, 10 years ago wasn't the right time. The world's aligned. You know, it's a romance. They're obviously going to end up together. It's one of the rules. Alyssa has taught us right. well, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, but I just really, and I am a sucker for a book set in London because I just love it. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, I don't know if I'll read a whole lot more romance because it's just not my favorite. But I did enjoy this one. I would, I would give it a solid, like, four and a half cool because it was just fun awesome and that was uh one day in december by josie silver 
I mean, I'm not a big romance person, but that actually sounds like a book that I might like because I like, like you, I like it when it spans their lifetime because there's sometimes that I read the book and then I think afterwards, I'm like, I wonder whatever happened to him. Is there not a follow-up book? I miss the characters. Yeah. Well, and it, I feel like in a lot of the romances, it's like they've been together. It all happens in like six months. Right. And you're like, that's not what happens in life. (laughs) Yeah. They meet, there's a misunderstanding. They hate each other. They fight, they fall in love and they end up together. Yeah. And this kind of give you a, a broader view of like, this is, this could in theory happen in real life and play out this way. So it felt more realistic than your average romance book to right. me. Maybe someone who reads a lot of romance would be like, no, that's how they all go. But for me, it felt, it depends on what kind of romance you like. True. If you like that drama, you know, yeah. high maybe, maintenance, maybe you like T-Rex love. You know, could be any short, <laughs> short armed love, <laughs> short arm, big dick big, love, big, love just crimp, just like curl up into a ball and shrivel. All right, I am going to shock, sort of the world. I Romance? read no. It sort of, kind of has a little bit of maybe. Kind so of no. romance in it, <laughs> maybe. Okay. That means um, there's a little macaroni and cheese starting. Uh, well, it's behind the scenes macaroni and cheese. This oh, one, but, um, okay. So this is a, it's a book club pick for Jenna with the Today Show. I did not know that when I checked it out. I checked it out because I saw it on one of the lists. And it's called All Adults, All Adults Here... By Emma Straub. I liked this book because I kind of, as I get older, I kind of am more drawn to books that talk about, you know, people later in life. And this main character is, um, she's a grandmother. Of course, I'm not a grandmother yet, but I probably could be. She is standing on the street next to this woman who gets hit by a bus. And because she knew this woman, because it's a small town, she starts to really regret not having apologized to this woman for something that had happened years ago and they hadn't spoken in quite some time. And and all all of the regrets in her life come to the forefront. All of the things in her life that she's been avoiding. For example, her husband, she's no longer married anyway, and she has two adult children. And her, she's been going to this lady to get her hair washed. You know how they do? It's like she, she goes and has it done once a week. That's what my grandma did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. the woman that washes her hair and she had sort of become, begun an affair. They'd, they'd been going, you know, she'd been going there for about a year before they finally kissed, you know. Um, so she had kind of kept this quiet from her family. She hadn't really told anyone about it yet. And when this bus accident happens, she decides she's just going to tell everyone about it. Well, in the meantime, her daughter has decided that she is going to, she's not married, but she's decided that she's going to have a baby. And she hasn't told anybody about it. So she's got her little secret going on. And the the son, uh, their daughter has gotten into some trouble in school, so she comes to live with the main character, who is her grandmother, in this small town. So you have three or four different storylines that are all playing at the same time and sort of weaving together. So so, kind of like a family drama, but I found it interesting because there are so many different things at play at the same time. And the characters are so rich and you just really kind, kind of can make a connection with all of them at one point or another throughout the book. And it was just a highly enjoyable read. It was very short from my perspective. Anyway, I read it very quickly and, um, I just felt good after I read it. And that doesn't happen to me all the time. I'm usually, you know, in the weird 
atmosphere, <laughs> reading something super strange or something super gory or whatever. But this one was just pure sugar for, for my soul. I highly enjoyed it. It did have a romance component between the main character and her lover. The grandma? Yes. Grandma was getting down. The grandma lovers. Yeah, and then uh, there was some... Little going on. Yeah. 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 So it was just really interesting. Um, And, you know, she had... She had said some things to her children when they were younger that she had felt ashamed for, that she had then was able to revisit and apologize to them for. And it was just really, um, I don't know, it was, it was good. So if you want something that's a good uh, quick read, something that is highly enjoyable and not too deep, but has a lot of good depth, it's called All Adults Here by Emma Straub. It sounds pretty good. It, it was good. It was excellent. Not a very Martha book, though. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. I think uh, every once in a while you got to have one of those. I read six books this week, so. Shit. I didn't read one this I week. I was on furlough all week long, and all I did was play video games and read books. I didn't watch any Netflix at all. Mm. Zero. That's impressive. <laughs> so there you go. I only read like two. So for the 200th episode, I had to review something. <laughs> Outside of your wheelhouse. Yes. I actually, I read several that were it's, right in my wheelhouse. It's good to go it, outside of your wheelhouse. It expands yeah. your reading horizons. Exactly. All it's right. making me want some mouse. It's in the fridge. Some mouse in your house? I need some mouse in my house. <laughs> um, I'm talking about the chocolate kind that you have in the refrigerator right now. Yes. The chocolate variety. Yeah. Is in the fridge. your mouse. Not a different orifice. Just my mouth. I mean. A mouse in your mouth. I need a mouse in my mouth. Because that's a Richard Gere story, having a mouse in a different orifice. Or was that a gerbil? Richard a gerbil. Gere? Did you Is ever that hear that? That it was a, it was a uh, what did they call that, an urban legend? Like the actor? Yeah. 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 Mm. Some well, party, he's not one of my favorites, so it's all right. Gerbil up his ass or something? Oh, yeah. I feel Why like I have people... heard that. I don't know that that's accurate. It's just one of those How urban legends. How would they legends. not bite? Oh, I'm sure. Well, it maybe did. they taped his little jaws shut. I don't know. Oh, that's that's cruelty. <laughs> and it's not cruel to stick it up your ass. It's all cruel. Has, has anybody ever read American Psycho? No, I have. Oh, so Martha. Yes. Um, when, since we're talking about gerbils, um, <laughs> and there's a particular scene in that book um, with a mouse. Do you remember that? You know what? It's been a long time since I've read that book and I've read a lot of weird, awful stuff. So you're going to have to refresh my memory on that. Yeah. Well, basically, um, the main character who is very much a psycho, um, he has like a prostitute, I think. And he basically rigs something up to her. So I think it's a rat actually. So a rat, makes yeah. its way into her and Ugh, i think i'm gonna throw up flesh so the rat has to find its way out yes i i remember that now yeah so Ugh. i bet you take a gerbil up your butt before you take a rat in your yeah wow. i think i'm glad my cup is empty right now <laughs> not reading that book right tick, I, yeah it took that book off the you list you gotta have a strong stomach to go to american psycho mm. no thank you to date that has ever given me nightmares now did i stop reading it no, no you did not and i but did you put it in the freezer i did not <laughs> We're friends I, probably references. I probably should have yeah yeah, The Shining, definitely. Put that bitch in the freezer all day long. That would freak me out. And, and here I am over here. I've read all kinds of really disturbing shit, and it just rolls off me See, like water. I love Criminal Minds, I don't and I love remember it. Investigation ID and all that. But there hits a point in my night where sometimes I just 
like I can't watch Criminal Minds after like 930 because it'll give me like fucked up dreams mm. because mm-hmm. I I feel like when you watch the show, you're like, you know, they have a consultant from the FBI on the show. So that shit, somebody happened like somewhere that story didn't just like manifest itself like that shit probably has happened and it creeps yeah. me out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, no. you just switch to Scooby-Doo. Like, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> that's what I switched to. That's why I switched to to go to sleep. Yeah, no, that's why I can't, because I'm convinced that, like, the world, like, that it's going to end badly, like, in my sleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my neighbor is for sure a serial killer. Totally. Really? Here? That's your alarming. Your neighbor in, in uh, Amarillo? I mean, statistically, sure. He's a white guy. Oh, yeah. She's not um, well, there are, you know, Spencer Reed Hey, I got a us. white guy next door to me, too. <laughs> there, there's 30. Kevin! Are you Kev- a serial killer? Kevin's Just too busy. He's too busy mowing his lawn to kill anyone. I mean, Spencer Reed reminds us there's 30 active serial killers at any given time in the country. If he were a serial killer, it would be because somebody walked all over his lawn. You can't get off of my lawn. Don't say that. that. I I walked on his lawn when I got here. He really is that guy, too. But does it record it like Princess Diaries? We have to follow. I I don't. um, I listened to My Favorite Murder. I listened to that. Yes. And I think we all just have to try to stay sexy and not Don't get, get murdered. murdered. Don't get yeah. murdered. So on the 200th episode, watch out for serial killers and uh, small woodland creatures. <laughs> especially up your hoo-ha, especially in your orifices. No woodland creatures in your orifices. So, so, or... so Snow White... She's, she, don't you ruin don't don't, don't you dare <laughs> landed on her hands and did her cleaning no do not no. defile disney no. cinderella's okay. the one that has to worry she has the ones she's that the have talking mice the mice with needles and shit okay yeah we'll end it we'll, we'll break with tradition instead of ending with something ridiculous one favorite book that you must read just one just or a series. Odd Thomas. See? You could do it. I knew it. What was it? Odd Thomas by Dean Koontz. Okay, Rachel, since this was your suggestion, what's yours? Value the Dolls by Jacqueline Suzanne. Mm. Jessica. Brave New World, Aldous Huxley. I'm going to be really cliche. I'm going to say Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. Do you want me to pick a different one? I have an No, a, you can say it. Stay it. <laughs> That's your first, okay? I will say Small Gods by Terry Pratchett. And on that note, that's going to do it for the 200th episode of Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.